0: There is joy in the house of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got, joy. I got joy. Even if you have to fake it this morning until it gets there, all right? That is a good thing. We are thrilled that you're here today. We want to welcome you to PCBC. I know that you hear about the communication card all the time, but that's the only way we can hear from you. And that's not just for our guests. If you are visiting, we would love for you to fill one out, let us know you were here. Maybe you have some questions about the ministry of the church or what's going on at PCBC. You can indicate that. We have uh, communication cards in the back of every chair, or you can get it on our church center app. For our church members, you should already be on that church center app. We would love for you to register this morning. Let us know a prayer request that we can pray for on Wednesday nights. Let us know how we can serve you uh, or any questions that you might have about uh pcbc or ministries that are going on more importantly we want to greet you and welcome you in the 1105 some of you may see some people from the past there was a big pcbc reunion this weekend from the 50s 60s youth group Uh, they're supposed to be in the 1105 service so after this service you might find them in the hallway and greet them but in here we want to greet one another so let's get on our feet move around the room welcome somebody to pcbc this morning all right you can make your way back to your seat area over the past few weeks we've had a heavy burden for what's going on in our world how it's even impacted the church two years of COVID has changed it's changed the way people are able to live changes the way people have been thinking it's even changed the way we congregate, we meet and we always want to be safe distance especially going into another uh, winter season but, but also we don't want to take on a spirit of fear. The Bible says God's not giving us a spirit of fear and it's time that the church be more aggressive in its worship than people are on Saturdays in their worship. Can you get an amen in that? You understand what's going on? That we would be more vocal about our champion, Jesus then we might be a certain particular football team. And the world is out there doing it, and the world is back engaging, and it's very important that we see revival in this country, and it could start right here with this people. And so I want to introduce to you a new strategy, not strategy, it's just a new emphasis. We have a prayer team that meets every Sunday. I don't know if you know this, but every Sunday night, we have some folks that meet, Mary Arnold leads that team, and they have prayed for you, and they've prayed for these services, and they have prayed for our church, All these 11 years and maybe before I even got here but I know all the 11 years I've been here and I'm praying that that might continue to expand and grow but we can certainly start right here on Sunday mornings the Bible says ask and you shall receive seek and you will find knock and the door will be open if we're not asking for God to do powerful things in our midst why would we expect to receive when we haven't asked and so we're going to start a new ministry on Sunday mornings during worship called chair warriors super simple everybody gets to adopt a chair it can be your chair you can pray over your seat wherever you're at you can pray over what God needs to do in your life today that's one there's some empty chairs not as many as we've had this is a great comeback crowd this is awesome but there are some empty chairs and it may mean everybody coming down the front because these are always the empty ones and pray over that section Pray over the seat, whoever's going to be sitting where you are in your area in the next service. And I want us to start praying that God would waken up the bride of Christ. That we would have a new expectation for God to do supernatural and special things. And so I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm just going to ask you to stand up one more time so people can move. If you need to turn around and kneel at a chair, you can do that. If you want to put a hand on a chair and just symbolically say, Lord, I'm praying for this person. uh, Whether they haven't come yet and they're going to be here next week or whoever's going to be here in the next hour. Or if you want to pray right over your area where you are and say, God, I need you to speak to me today. I want us to start seeking God before we move on into the rest of the service can we do that together if you want to huddle up with somebody if you want to pray over somebody or with somebody you can do that if you want to be a private prayer warrior you can just pray by yourself you want to pray over this altar and pray for God to start moving in a special way you can do that let's just move about the room whatever you need to do to your knees turn around gather up to the altar wherever you want to pray today we're going into season prayer let's do it right now let's ask God to start doing spectacular supernatural unexplainable things Can we do that be a chair warrior with us this morning would you do it let's pray and I'll close us in just a moment Father God, today we unite our hearts and we simply would ask that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven in each and every heart, each and every chair. Father, that you would in the days ahead continue to pour out your power and your supernatural grace. Lord, today we need you more than ever. Lord, we need you to set us free from the bondage of fear from the captivity of a world system and a world's way of thinking. God, we need to be renewed in our minds, transformed into your image. So Spirit of God, you do what you do. Change our lives this moment, this day. May we worship you in spirit and in truth. And all the chair warriors said, amen and amen. Let's keep worshiping, stay on your feet.
1: Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of. my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for Thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them Filled with messages from me. Take my silver and my gold, not a my J- Search a world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty, praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. Back together, every desire is now satisfied here in Your love. Oh, there's not
2: I just pray that you should let our, our praise be glorious, yes. that you would let our thanksgiving be not only a discipline but a recognition of your provision. Father, I think, I think probably all of us in our lifetime have, have just really prayed for a place to be, a church, the gathering of the church, where we are surrounded by people of like mind, of like conviction, people who have known and know and live in your salvation. And Father, who will express that, the joy of it, the beauty of it, and the truth of it in a way that is just victorious, in a way that is soft, that is loud, that is as strong as you are. And Father, I just pray, I think, I believe we would all agree here, we want to be that place. We want to be a place that tells about you and shows people how to receive you, to receive Jesus as Savior. But Father, a place that is like the nation of Israel in its strength, in its obedience, when it would shout to Jesus, it shout to Yahweh, when Father, it would lift up hands and praise, And whose life actions, Father, were louder than words. Father, shape and mold us into a place that exemplifies you and shows the universe your glory through a word, through a song, and the way we live. Make us who you need us to be. Yes, it's the name of Jesus. God's people said. Have a seat.
0: this morning i have some questions for you we have been doing a choir sign up trying to relaunch choir and uh, it's going to look a little different in phase one we want to get people just back in a choir loft we're going to do a christmas choir to start off we won't be doing wednesday night rehearsals we're going to do familiar music that you'll be able to study at home They're putting together digital files so you'll be able to be in the the choir know and get used to the music and then there will be a rehearsal in November. And then the three Sundays of December we'll be singing in both services. So anybody who has a little bit of volume and a vocal cord can be a part of the Christmas choir. You can help us with that, right? So if you wanna be a part of it, put it on a communication card, email the church, use the digital app, church center, send us a message, say, I'll join the Christmas choir. We'll let you know when that first rehearsal will be there in November, and then we'll be ready for December. So I hope you'll be a part of that. We had a lot of great sign up Even some children and youth have signed up. So it's going to be a totally different look. Looking forward to that kickoff. Also, a little late to press, we're going to be doing a special family dinner for Thanksgiving. We'll be doing that on the Biggest Gift Sunday, November 14th. We'll celebrate that night. What God does on that day is we're seeking to pay off the children's building. We'll meet right back here in this space on Thursday at, I mean Thursday, Sunday at five for a Thanksgiving family meal. You can register your family or whoever wants to sit with you. We have tables of six. If you have more than six, we'll obviously be assigning you to tables where your tables will be right there by each other and we can celebrate well. Thanks for giving family dinner. That'll be on November 14th. And then Wednesday, I want to invite you back after last Sunday's message I had a lot of people say pastor that really spoke to me and I know that I need to be hitting the enemy with the word just like Jesus did but I need to get back in the word and so on Wednesdays what we're going to do Wednesday nights at six o'clock you can come for the meal five to six but I'm going to be teaching you some principles from one-on-one with God How to connect in the word very simple bible study tools we'll be doing that around tables we'll be engaging going through verse by verse through a book of the bible and i think you'll find it very very rewarding on wednesday night so there's the uh the public announcements for today let's go to matthew 8. if you have your bibles turn into matthew chapter 8 verse 23. we're going to look at the next god question i hope these questions have been driving you deeper in your walk with god and in your life in general that you're finding answers to god's questions verse 23 when jesus got in the boat his disciples followed him always a good thing to do wherever jesus is at that's where you need to be right Uh, they were smart enough to know wherever jesus is going i'm going with him and so they got in the boat with jesus and behold a violent storm developed now i want you to also see that just because you're walking with jesus doesn't mean there won't be stormy days have we figured that out yet all these years longer I live on this planet I really and I don't have to just live in Oklahoma to figure out stormy weather it's a part of life no matter where you live on the planet uh, the longer you live the more storms you will endure here they are being obedient they're following Jesus and they're still going to face a storm this wasn't just any storm it was a violent storm a storm that had developed there on the sea so the boat was being covered by the waves but Jesus himself was asleep you're probably familiar with the story as we look in on the story what we're going to see here is we're going to see the reality of troubled times the times we live in we have a tendency to think well we live in the most troubled of times well I want you to understand there have always been troubled times ever since the fall in the garden there's never been a time on this planet where there weren't troubles after the fall sin brought troubles to paradise and what was perfect and what was without sin become became tainted by man's rebellion and now we live in chaos there will be troubles how do we know that you can hold your place or just look on the screen if you're taking notes you can write down john chapter 16 and verse 33 jesus very clearly said i've told you these things so that in me you may have peace but in this world you'll have trouble take heart I have overcome the world Jesus said listen know this you will have trouble in this world you're going to have trouble now that's not because you're bad although I can tell you this when we are bad the troubles are doubled have you we figured that one out yet but even when we aren't doing bad or aren't heading down a bad path we can still experience trouble why because this world has been corrupted by man's sin there will be troubles but can you have peace in times of trouble can you know a joy when things are falling apart can we experience a different reality than the reality of this planet well did you miss what Jesus said take a look at it back up in verse 33 there I'll even highlight it on the screen look what he said I've told you these things that so in me you may have peace in me you may have peace now you got two possibilities today you can live in your troubles you can live under your circumstances I love that yes yeah, somebody, how you doing I'm uh-huh, pretty good under these circumstances well why are we living under the circumstances Jesus said those circumstances are always going to be there you're always going to have troubles this world is a mess but know this you don't have to live in the troubles of this world you can choose to live differently You can live in me. And when you are in me, no matter the fact of where you're standing on this planet, even though there's troubles all around you, in me you have what? Peace. Man, if there's ever been a time for people to experience peace, it's today. I've never seen such a shortage and such a drought in all my life in the issue of peace as I've seen these last two years. We've allowed all the stresses and all the unknowns and all the politics and everything to rob us of our peace, and it's because we're living in these circumstances and in these troubles rather than living in Jesus. That's what we were praying about a little earlier. Lord, let it be about you, not about us. Let it be about your glory and not these issues. May God deliver us from our troubles. And how do we get there? What's the beauty about being in Jesus? Let me show you the power about living life in Jesus. Hold your place. We're going to be back to Matthew. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Matter of fact, I challenged you last week, and I've had uh, Mike Coffey, who's probably watching online, he's been sending me a verse every day this week that we've been using to hit Satan with, and we have a special verse every day. I hope you're taking a verse every day. And you might want to take these two verses and cling to these through this whole week. Take a look at it. Verse 16, for by him, who's him? Jesus. By him, all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. Now, underline this last phrase. Catch this. And in him, all things hold together. Paul said, listen he is the creator of all this and while yes we invited sin into it and it's caused chaos and a mess he's still holding it together and he says as long as we are in him as long as we are walking in him focused on him and living in him in us abiding in him and him abiding in me then in him he holds it all together even in the midst of chaos let me tell you the opposite is true if you choose to live in your troubles instead of in Jesus, what do you think is going to happen? It's all going to come undone. It's all going to fall apart because it only holds together in the one who created all of it in the first place. You say, well, I thought I just had to be in church. Well, I'm glad you're in church, but obviously if church would fix it, we wouldn't have any problems. We got people going to church, but that doesn't mean we are living in Christ. You can either be in a storm, you can either be in trouble, like my brother was most of his life, or you can be in sin, or you can be in him. You say, what does that mean? That's preacher speak. What does it mean to be in Jesus? It means to be filled with his spirit. It means to be surrendered to him, not surrendered to your troubles, not surrendered to your fears, not surrendered to the issues, but simply saying, God, today I surrender all of me to you matter of fact jesus said you want to be my disciple you better take up your cross it means you got to die to yourself every single moment of every single day and then and only then can i live and fill you and be in you so let's learn the lesson from the disciples go back to matthew 8 in verse 24. we pick back up where we left off there was the violent storm it was producing waves that were so huge it was covering the boat it was about to to, to to drown all of the disciples and we find Jesus asleep at the wheel some people will claim that verse and say see see Jesus is always sleeping on me he doesn't he doesn't pay any attention to my problems he only cares about y'all's problems he doesn't care about mine Jesus is asleep at the wheel well a lot of people have preached about that why was he sleeping well there are a couple things to note number one when you look at the situation, the disciples were troubled, but Jesus was not. I want you to understand that he was in the same storm they were in, but it didn't get him, but it got them. They were troubled, and he was not. They were reeling, and he was resting. Now, if I'm in Jesus, guess what's going to happen in the midst of my storm? I can go from reeling to resting. I can go from trusting and living in trust instead of living as if I'm going to drown and die tomorrow. Woe is me. Some of us just need to repent of the Eeyore spirit and say, God forgiven me for being the modern-day Eeyore. Woe is me. Nothing's good. All is falling. None is well. Woe is me. No, man, when you're in Jesus, you can find rest and peace in the midst of the storm. A lot of people have preached that, jesus was sleeping through the storm because he was at perfect peace and had nothing to fear and i'm sure that's true but i think there was another reason he was sleeping i think perhaps he was sleeping yes he was at peace he had nothing to worry about he was in the center of god's will but i'm not so sure he wasn't sleeping in that moment so the disciples could figure out how they were going to deal with their storms were they ever going to realize the reality that there can be peace in times of trouble where would they turn would they become a bucket brigade and say, man, we got to fix this boat, and we got to bail water, and we got to fix our troubles? Or would they realize the answer to their troubles was right there in the boat? I think he was sitting this out, kind of seeing how they would respond. There are always two options in times of trouble. I'm going to write these down. These are real profound. Two options in times of trouble. Number one, I can respond by faith. I can walk by faith and not by sight problem for them is they were walking by sight everything their eyes told them is we're dead we're going down we've never seen a storm like this they were walking by sight you can walk by faith or number two the other option is if you don't walk by faith the opposite of faith is fear and that's exactly where they landed now as we look in this story we find that fear is super real it's real it's real in every one of our lives all of us have issues of fear that we struggle with that's real but even though fear is a real thing in our life it doesn't have to become our reality this was a fearful situation it was overwhelming it was beyond their expertise And think about all the things you have feared over your lifetime and all the energy you've given to those fears, and how many times do those fears ever win? I'm still bitter at that monster that lived under my bed all those years when I was a little kid, robbing me of my sleep, getting me all freaked out at night, and he never once showed his face. Oh, I could smell him, and I could could sense he was there. And I let that dude live under my bed way too long. Not one time did he ever rear his face. I've told you before how I was paralyzed by the fear of speaking in front of people for a number of years, from my eighth grade year all the way into college, scared to death to speak in front of people because of a paralyzing event I had back at school. I said, God, I'll never speak in front of people ever again. I'm glad he was asleep when I said that god will take you through your times of trouble he will give you a peace to give you the ability to live by faith and not by your fears you know the scriptures have over 365 different times it says do not fear i was able to do the math that's more than one per day for each day of the year in other words every day you wake up there's the lord reminding us hey don't give in to fear don't let that be your monster don't let that be your boss walk by faith have peace even though you will have troubles it's pretty interesting when you take a look at the issue of fear where did it come from in Genesis chapter 3 you don't have to turn there but you know the story Adam and Eve brought in the spirit of fear before the fall before their disobedience there was no fear they walked with god they had peace with god they had paradise they had peace in paradise they had no troubles and they blew it because they wanted an exotic dessert how many of us have blown it over dessert come on it looks good tastes good sounds good and the bible says that right after that moment after they took all of a sudden everything changed now they lived in chaos now there was trouble They lost their righteousness. They were now naked, just natural man, spiritually dead. They realized they were in trouble. And they heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. If you go back and you read, it says that they were hiding, and that's when God asked the first question. We studied that to start the series. Adam, where are you? Adam was at least real. In his troubles, he got real with God. And I hope this morning you will get real with God. Because Adam and Eve found what they were missing when they got real in their fear. They were trembling and they were hiding. And listen to what he said. He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. I disobeyed you and I knew I was going to face the consequences. You told me if I did that, I'd die and Lord, I'm afraid. But in the midst of his trouble, at least Adam got real. He didn't let the fear be his reality. He got real with God in the midst of his fear. Could we do that this morning? Could we get real with God and say, God, this fear is crippling me. God, this fear that is coming to my life is destroying me. Could we deal with our fears? See, if you don't, as they didn't in their beginning journey here, fear causes you to live in darkness. You go darker and things get darker. When I let fear be the God of my circumstance, it causes me to distance from God. Instead of walking with God, they went and hid from God. When I allow fear to rule and reign in my life, it separates me from the peace of God. So how do I get real in times of trouble? Let's go back to our story, Matthew chapter 8. We're going to wrap it up. Everybody's good? Matthew chapter 8. Still got joy? Verse 25. And so here we look at it. We find that fear is misplaced faith. In this case, the disciples' faith was in the storm. These experts had drawn a conclusion that we're going to die. We're going to drown. So what were they doing? They were placing their faith in the storm. The storm was bigger than their God. They had no faith in their boat. They had no faith in their own expertise to handle that boat on the sea. And they had no faith that the one who was in the boat with them was sufficient for their problems. Now, you may know all the Sunday school answers just like the disciples. And you may know Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. And yet the enemy wants to convince you that your troubles are way bigger than Jesus even cares, Jesus even knows, or Jesus can even do anything about it. It's a lie from the enemy. And they were listening to the voice of the enemy in that moment. So watch this, verse 25. And they came to Jesus and they woke him up saying, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. And he said to them, here comes the question. Here's a question we all got to ask ourselves. Jesus asked him a very simple question. He didn't say, why'd you wake me up? Man, how many times have I said that to my kids through the years? <laughs> what are you doing? Didn't you see I was sleeping? Why'd you wake me up? Go back to bed. That wasn't his question. His question is, why are you afraid? why are you afraid i've told you anytime god asks a question what do you do you put on the brakes you put yourself in the question so let me ask you what are you afraid about this morning what fear is gripping your heart what is it that's got your joy what is it that's robbed your peace he said why are you afraid you men of little faith and that isn't just to the to the male audience here that's all of mankind we all got our fears Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? And he got up, he rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. Why are you afraid? If I was one of the disciples in the boat, that's why I'd always spend most of my time in time out, I would have responded when I shouldn't, just like Peter. And I would have said, Are you kidding me? What a ridiculous question. You don't know why we woke you up? Look around. We're going down get up from your little holy nap and get in our problem get in our storm what do you mean why are we afraid we're about to die mercy come on Jesus you don't get it now that's what their truth was in the moment but it wasn't truth it was a lie it seemed true all of their experience all that time these guys were experts remember they're experts they've sailed this sea a million times and they've never seen a violent storm like this one they know men don't return from a storm like this now we can let our experience be our truth we can let our troubled times be our truth or we can let Jesus speak to the issue that we face which one are you gonna live by your experiences your expertise your own understanding I've never seen such great fear in all my life. Now, some of you may have seen it because you may go back a little further. and Maybe your parents or grandparents told you about the Great Depression and maybe they told you about swine flu or they told you about this or that and, and, and all the different issues throughout history. But I've never seen such great fear as I've seen the past two years on this planet. This isn't just in America. It's around the whole planet. The human race has caved to a spirit of fear. Why are we afraid Why well, might die that's a new thought <laughs> have we learned that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow it doesn't take a virus none of us are guaranteed tomorrow and oh by the way the bible says all of us are going to die did you know this one it's appointed unto all of us a day to die it's all going to come now I know we all say I understand but That doesn't mean it has to happen today well let me show you paul's perspective very quickly we got to hurry philippians 1 verse 21 he said this for me to live is christ he said if i'm alive if i'm breathing there's one purpose it's all about christ and his kingdom it's the only reason i'm alive it's the only reason i want to be here to bring god glory we want to be here because we want more groceries and we want more estate and we want more things and we want more experiences and we want more kids and we want more grandkids and we want paul wanted more jesus me to live as Christ, to die is gain. gain. But if I'm to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I don't know which one to choose. Well, not, well Paul, you don't really get to choose. <laughs> He's saying, I'm torn. I'm torn, man. I want to be in heaven. Don't you? Don't you want to be in heaven? Who wants to experience a living hell on earth and an eternal hell after this? He says, man, I'd love to be with Jesus right now, but I got I got a ministry to do I got a purpose to live I've got a Jesus to glorify he says I'm hard pressed from both directions having the desire to depart to be with Christ for that is very much better but not for Americans anywhere else on this planet everybody would say heaven's an upgrade for some reason in our blessed culture we're not so sure because we got it pretty good we got good times and good things and good families and good churches and good this and good that, and we cling to it. Paul didn't cling to it. He clung to his Jesus. In Christ, he holds all things together. In Christ, even though I may have troubles, in Christ, when he's my everything, when I'm alive and living, it doesn't matter if I might die tomorrow, a week from now, or a month from now. I don't worry and live under a spirit of fear of death. I live with abundant life through Christ or Satan robs me of my divine purpose. Don't cave in to a spirit of fear. Why are you afraid? Why? They tell us that the African impala, if you've ever been to uh, the zoo and you see one of these impalas, they tell us that they have the ability to jump as great as 10 feet high and sometimes can cover a distance greater than 30 feet when they leap. And yet you can take your little grandkids to the zoo and you can look at them and there's a little three-foot wall that's keeping them all in bondage. You know why they don't jump the three-foot wall? Because they have learned that if they can't see where their feet will land, they won't move. There's a lot of people paralyzed in fear. Unless I can see what tomorrow brings, unless I can see what's going on, unless I can... You're going to live in fear? You can live in that bondage? We're about done. We're closer than we've ever been. Look at verse 26, Matthew 8. "Why are you afraid it's going to go another 15 minutes? Why are you afraid? Don't be afraid. <laughs> we look in on the story, and he said, "Why are you afraid?" And we can look and we can see the, the enormity of the storm. We can look at this story, and we can see the fear of the disciples and their great fear. And in reality, as I said earlier, fear is real. The disciples were real. And even though they had seen Jesus do miracles countless times, they still struggled with their doubts and fears, and so will we. The question is what are we going to do in our times of trouble? And don't let the enemy beat you up and say, well, look at you, little one of faith. Where's your faith? don't let them pile drive you but instead learn from the disciples and at least do what they did at least realize this don't look at the storm and don't look at their fear i want you to see what they did they at least were smart enough to run to jesus oh man i would have been fighting for the biggest inner tube wouldn't you I would have been going for the biggest life jacket. I'd be, I'd be worried about saving myself. I'd, I'd be developing a plan for surviving the storm, right? And I would have found all the resources and done whatever I could to survive the storm. You know what they did? They ran to Jesus. They simply went to Jesus. What about this morning? You going to leave here the same way you came in? You going to leave in your troubles? you don't let fear keep you bound up? Or would you be willing to run to Jesus this morning? Would you be willing to say, Jesus, help me? Would you be willing to acknowledge and get real and say, God, I feel like I'm drowning? Would you be willing to say, Lord, apart from you, I can't survive this. I ain't going to make it. Jesus, help me. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3, God is our refuge and our strength. Listen to this. Our ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, I will not fear. I can run to Jesus. Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Psalm 107, you don't have to turn there, verses 28 through 32, there's another account. Some guys in the ocean, they've gone deep sea fishing, and they're in deep trouble. They experienced a violent storm. They were drowning. And they ran to God with their troubles. They said, we were drowning in the sea, and we couldn't do anything about it, and we cried out to our God, God, save us. And this wasn't the disciples this was the book of Psalms and they said God hushed the storm he stilled the waters and what was about to destroy us God became our safe haven that's where Cammie and I got actually Cammy, she's more spiritual than I that's where we got a name for our youngest baby haven that we were not necessarily realizing was going to be coming along in that moment we were much older as parents at that time she needed a peace from God that it was going to be all right and all of our kids names start with h and we'd kind of run out with cool h names there was haven God would be that safe place and he always is let me prove it to you Matthew 8 verse 27 God rebuked the storm their troubles he gave it to Jesus and he changed their trouble look at this verse 27 the men were amazed and they all said what kind of man is this this Jesus we've been following this Jesus we stu- Ooh, what kind of man is this they were amazed at the end of this adventure they could have all stood and don't you know when they all got back on the shore jumped out of that boat got on solid ground we'd all be gathering together, and that's your kumbaya moment. There you break out the marshmallows. We made it. We're back. We're safe. Kumbaya, my Lord. And they would say, man, have you ever seen a storm like that? Oh, man, nobody could have survived that, but they could have had all the war stories. And they could have talked about that storm, and they could have talked about that day forever. They could have been amazed by the troubles that they just faced. They were amazed by their Jesus. Are we more awed by our troubles than the one who's the Lord of it all? Are we going to live in those troubles or are we going to live in Jesus? They went from being in fear for their life to having a holy fear of an awesome Jesus. Let's get awed. Let's pray about it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Let it be silent for a moment because most of us haven't had silence in a long, long time. The storm has been waging and raging. It has been loud and violent. And God would ask the question, why are you afraid? Well, Lord, this is violent. Lord, this is overwhelming. Lord, I'm in trouble. And Jesus simply says, Live in me. In me, you can have peace, even though in this world you'll have trouble. So do what the disciples did right now. Name the fear, recognize it, get real with God. Say, God, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid, and name it. Name your storm get real but wake up jesus say lord i give it to you i give you my trouble i'm not going to let it own me anymore i'm not going to live in this trouble anymore i'm not going to live in this fear god i release it to you god take my storm and he will silence it right now in this very moment he will give you the desires of your hearts if you let him now i would tell you there may be somebody here and maybe it's right for you to have fear of death because if you died in this moment, you wouldn't spend eternity with God. Just because you're sitting in church doesn't make you right with God. You have to be in Christ Jesus, in him. All things are held together. If you haven't placed your faith in Christ, if you've never asked for his forgiveness, and that means giving control of your life to him and believing in your heart, if you've never done that, I'd be scared to death. Give your life to Jesus. If that's you online right now, you can email us and say, I need Jesus. How can I know that I have eternal life? We'd love to respond. Email us at ministry at pcbc.tv. If you're in this room, there'll be staff here at the front. There'll be some who are coming and praying. There'll be some who come to this altar and lay their fears down right here this morning. You can come and find a staff member and say, I need Jesus. I need a church home. I need somebody to pray with me. I'm going to pray over us, and more importantly, If you need to make your chair an altar, you can turn around and kneel there and surrender your fear. If you want to come to the altar with others and just flood this altar and say, God, I'm laying it down. I'm giving you the storm. I'm giving you my troubles. You can do that. Lord, be blessed as we respond to your voice and your word. God, as we allow you to be the Lord of our storm and our fears, God, as we come running to you, God, may you silence those troubles that are crippling us. Holy Spirit, Change our hearts now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.